Welcome to the Dwelling Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Our hopes is that this message inspires you and builds your faith today. Jesus, I love the theme of this morning. I love how it's around faithfulness. I think that God works in those ways with this team and creates themes um, because everyone, there's people in the room that need that theme. I needed that theme. And um, I roughly, I just wanna say this before I start. I roughly have been walking with the Lord for roughly 25 years, like legit walking with Him. My granny says that I received Christ at like five years old at VBS, but I can recall walking with the Lord for 25 years. And in that 25 years, I've learned one really big thing about God. And that's the theme of this morning is that He's really, 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 really faithful. He's faithful beyond my wildest dreams and comprehension and beyond anything I can even understand at all and beyond any expectation that I have for him. He blows it out of the water. And um, this season, maybe the past year and a half or two, has been really uh, not nearly as hard as a lot of the people that I'm around, but just for me personally, it's been a really hard season, just like emotionally, spiritually, I feel like it's this roller coaster. And then for me and Andrea, just our work life and the busyness, and we're trying to find this balance with ministry and, and all of that. And in this season, I feel like there's been moments where I'm on my face just in awe of how good God is. And then to be real transparent, there's times that I am like, are you here? Is, is this actually a reality? And what I need to say about that is through all that emotional roller coaster with God, He's always closer than arm's reach. Like He's He's so much closer than I can ever imagine. He's more of a reality than everything I'm even looking at right now. And He's not intimidated by my emotions and my feelings and my questions. Um, we go through seasons that are hard and he's not intimidated by that either. And what I've learned in uncomfortable seasons or times is that God is more worried about my character than he is my comfort. Um, he takes discomfort and he turns it into good because he's God and he's a good father. Um, and somebody needs to hear this. I need to hear this. He, what we just sang about, he's not an idea in our heads. He's a good heavenly father and he's more real than what we see because he created what we can even see, right? He's real and he's not this idea in our heads. Thank you, Father, that you are more real than the ground we're standing on right now. Thank you that you're more, you're closer than the air we breathe. Thank you for this time we have together this morning um, that we get to dive into your word and see what you said then and what you're still saying now. Um, 
Thank you for this house. Thank you for this atmosphere that we get to walk into and the freedom we have to do that, to walk in here and encounter you week after week and how it grows us and changes us and makes us more like Jesus. Thank you for this house. Amen. Thank you, guys. I feel like like I can't hold it together. That was crazy. I'm so thankful for this team and being a part of serving alongside these guys up here. It's a ton of work that goes into it every week that, um, that makes it as, as great as it is, I guess, um, per se. But the, this team is really just super talented. Like in the natural, they're just really, really talented. And um, I'm intimidated to play an instrument beside them and serve with them because they're just that good. Um, but there's a, the time spent with the Lord is what makes this atmosphere different, okay? It's the anoint, that's where the anointing comes, is listening to God. And I know, because I serve with them, I know the time that they spend and how purposeful it is um, to really seek the Lord on, on even what songs we sing each week. Um, and that's a great thing. I'm gonna sit down so that I can make it easier on the camera people and so Andrea can be up here. Um, I love having my wife in the room uh, when I'm doing something especially very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, Gunnar and Beth, I'm Adam. I'm the worship director here at The Dwelling. Like I say, I love serving alongside everybody in this house and Pastor Gunnar and Bethany are out of town. Um, and they're probably watching actually. Hey, everybody say, hey, we miss you. <laughs> Maybe they're watching, I don't know. Um, I love those guys so much. Um, they're our closest friends and such great pastors. So we're currently in a series called Glory and we're taking the book of Ephesians and we're going verse by verse and line by line. Um, And this morning, I'm looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 9, and I totally forgot to put it in the computer, and that's okay. I'll just read it to you once we get there. But it's Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 9, and we're looking at what Paul said to the church of Ephesus and really what God said, right, and what he's still saying to us today. Um, I do want to honor the weekend that it is, though. It's Memorial weekend. Happy Memorial weekend, you guys. Holiday weekend. But it's so much bigger than that. So I think let's just give the biggest round of applause to our military and the ones who have died in in serving this country. Um, And we get to... And it's like, of course, he's just going to say that because it's... But we literally get to walk in this building and freely worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because of the sacrifice. That is a real reality for us. Um, And I'm so grateful that I can stand here and read the word of God and freely do that and freely worship Jesus. That's such a blessing. Um, Before I dive into Ephesians, I wanna honor someone in the room and she's crawling in a hole right now and it's my wife, Andrea. And... uh, just really fast, I need to point out, the other day in the car, she, she said, you're not gonna say anything about me, are you? 
And I was like, well, why not? And she was like, because you just need to get through it. Like, get through what you have to say. She's a very timely, like, by the book kind of order of person. But um, I've known this woman for uh, nearly two decades, and I've been married to her 16 years, and she is the most, yeah, we're almost 40. She is, uh, <laughs> she's the most selfless person I've ever met from Day one of meeting her, uh, she's, I've watched her serve her family through crisis after crisis, like big stuff, um, and never even hint to needing like recognition or a thank you for it, right? Um, and then I've watched her help plant this church and serve the local church of the living God for years and behind the scenes. Um, and she doesn't, I'm up here a lot in this like spotlight per se, but she's never up here and she's serving way harder than I am. And it's, it's, she's just so selfless. And I thought of three or four things that just popped in my head when I think about Andrea. She does everything and doesn't expect anything. If you ask her for help, she says yes. If you ask her what she needs, she says nothing. And if you ask her what she wants to do, she says, what do you want to do? And that really represents who she is at her core. And I'm thankful for you, my love. She's the best. Okay, crawl out of your hole. So I've heard Pastor Gunner um, say numerous times recently in personal convos with him and corporate meetings and even when he's up here and um, that the kingdom of God will come to Savannah through the business world through our work life and at least in a certain aspect of it, right? A movement of God will come through the business world here in Savannah. And I feel this really deep in my soul. Um, I feel this like urgency to align every aspect of my business, my job with kingdom principles and kingdom ways Um, because God's way is better. (laughs) It's just that simple. He's proven it. his way is better. I've got a lot that I had written out. I've studied so much around this particular set of scripture, so many commentaries, so much content out there just to study what is Paul really saying. And so God gave me a ton and I weeded a ton of it out with him. And so I've condensed it to hopefully not take too long this morning, but I, I wanna really speak the Lord's heart um, and so we're going to start into the scripture, okay? Father, help us understand this morning. I'm reading the Revised Standard Version, RSV, because I feel like it said it the way it's supposed to be said. All right, here we go. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your earthly masters with fear and trembling in singleness of heart as to Christ not in the way of eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same again from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Masters, do the same to them. He just flipped the coin, okay? Do exactly what I just said to them and forbear threatening. So he's given them more to do. 
knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. Other translations say he has no favorites. I love that. So first I wanna talk about, for me, the elephant of a word in this set of scripture and it's the first word and that is slaves. I don't wanna skip over it or ignore it um, because for me, it makes me put up this guard immediately. It makes me kind of put up a wall. Um, and so I had to dive in to a lot of studying to uncover or take down that wall, I guess, per se, to really understand the context that Paul was speaking in. And so I want to share briefly God's heart on this. And I do that with fear and trembling, as Paul just mentioned, so I don't miss God. Okay, I just believe it's really important to ask the question, why would Paul have been using these titles and words in this particular language? And even furthermore, why shouldn't I just throw it out the window and not actually, I just, why shouldn't I just skip over this? So context is key. And Pastor Gunner, two weeks ago, used a great illustration of paintings. And they're kind of hard to understand sometimes and some of them are like instantly beautiful or we think we understand them. And then some of them are like, I don't, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. And then if you read the plaque, it gives context. And now when I revisit and look at the painting, I see it in a whole new light and I can receive what the artist was actually painting, right? I love that, I love illustrations just in general because that's how Jesus preached with parables and illustrations. And so it makes us just understand. This scripture context was presented in the first century. And we've come a long way since then, amen. But that doesn't mean that we can throw out what Paul was telling us here in Ephesians. The Greek word, Strong's definition, but the Greek word for this is doulos, and it means a slave, literal or figurative, involuntary or voluntary, therefore in a qualified sense of subjection or subserviency, bondman, servant. So throughout history, especially in the Southern states prior to the Civil War in America, this, these exact verses in Ephesians were used by slave owners to keep their slaves from rebelling. And so, they were used as a biblical argument advocating slavery. And I want to say that that is a perverted, distorted, twisted use of scripture. Yeah. And it is straight from the enemy of our souls. Yeah. Don't let the enemy of your soul put up a wall of what God has to say this morning. Are you with me? Yeah. That is, that use of scripture is from hell. Yeah. And it has no place in our hearts and in our minds. I'm not saying ignore it or ignore the misuse and the perverted use of scripture, because that's a problem. But I'm saying right now, in this moment we're in, to receive what Paul has to say, I have to remove that imagery and that use of scripture because it's not correct. Yep. It's the farthest from correct. Yeah. 
Paul was speaking to a people in their context in the first century. And at that time, the main language used and the main titles for anyone working under someone else was masters and slaves, even if it was voluntary for wages because people owed debts at that time and you would work off the debt for someone, but you were still called slave and they were still called master. Um, Paul speaking to a people under the governing of the Roman Empire. And at that time, the Roman Empire had roughly 6 million slaves. So my question again, though, is why is Paul not just screaming out against the wrong that is in front of him? And even more so, he's actually like trying to address order to it. Um, just like Pastor Gunnar spoke about husbands and wives, that order. Stefan spoke about parents and children, that order. Right after that, he's saying, masters and slaves, here's your order. And what I've learned through all the commentaries and all the studying is that Paul's main ministry objective was not to go against or overthrow the Roman government or any of its institutions, but his ministry, watch this, was to preach the gospel and to win the lost to Christ. That was Paul's ministry, which ultimately did help lead to the overthrowing of the Roman Empire. But what Paul was doing was, he wasn't pointing out the problem, but he was pointing out the solution. Too many times I think I point out in situations the negative or the wrong that's happening. And Andrea tells me all the time, like, what? let's start this sentence again because you, you just said, the problem is, that's how you start most of your sentences. <laughs> the problem is this. Why don't you say, well, the solution to what we need to do is this. Wow. So that's what Paul was doing. He's just reversing it. And it's hard to not think about the negative and, and point at the solution, but that's what Paul was doing. Don't get me wrong again. We can't ignore the wrong. It's a both-end situation. It's a tension we live in in the kingdom. Jesus lived in it his entire ministry. He was in the middle. He was pulled between this governing force and then his, the people he was teaching, right? He was in the kingdom. And so he was pulled in this tension and he did it until his last breath. He hung between two thieves. And you know what he did? He pointed at the solution. He didn't say, you're wrong, you're wrong. He, he gave them the solution to his last breath. Thank you, Jesus. He's a redeemer. He, gosh, he's a redeemer. That's what he does. It's in his nature. He can't help it. <laughs> it's how he was created. It's, it's who he is. He's God. He's a son of God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so with all that said, how do we apply this scripture to our day-to-day -day routine in this American society now, Right? a set of scripture about masters and slaves. How do we apply that to now? So here we go. Are you ready? Is it not true that in seeking employment, we voluntarily sell our minds and our body to another for a limited period of time? We actually do that. We work out this mutual agreement or relationship. And within the limits of that agreement, we are servants to those to whom we sell our time and our freedom. Yeah. Does that make sense? 
So really what Paul was addressing, those issues of that order and how this honor should work is what we face still today. Um, and the, the, the question really that Paul is answering for us is how should we conduct ourselves towards those to whom we have responsibilities of obedience in the realm of work? So that's what we're gonna talk about is the realm of work that all of us live in. So do we all work? Would you, some of us are like, I don't know if I do. How many of, well, here's, here's the question to ask you. How many of us can live self-sustaining lives without either being employed by a person or a business, a business owner or both, or someone in your household has to be, right? So in this sense, most everyone in the room is an employee or an employer to someone, okay? So let's do this. Let's replace the word master with employer or boss, and let's replace the words servant or slaves with employees, okay, or employee. And this is how we're gonna be able to really think of it in the context that we live in right now. Because the entire book of Ephesians really, especially chapter five out, it, Paul is really talking about um, how to submit to each other out of, the re out of reverence for Christ and fear for Christ. It all hinges on Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So in other words, don't miss God is what he's saying in anything you do. And that's what, fear, that's what he's saying when he says, in fear and trembling, approach this situation. In fear and trembling, go into your workplace. And what that's meaning is you're in reverence to the Lord's put me here. And in, out of fear and, tr in fear and trembling before him, I don't wanna miss you, God. So it's not a negative fear, it's a good fear. It's humility. It's always going low, like we hear Gunnar saying all the time, going low in every situation. And if employees and employers don't submit to one another, then I believe we're missing God. There's a level of submission to everyone. So I'm really big on as a follower of Christ Jesus for my walk to match my talk, for what I'm saying to match what I'm doing and my actions to match what I'm saying, right? And I fell at this all the time, I'm human, but for... For me, I really long to sh and strive to make, have my actions and my walk match my talk. Gunnar said a few weeks ago, so cleverly in message, I think it was message 12 of this series, he said, uh, it should look like something when you belong to him. Yeah. And that's just such a great, simple way to put it. I don't wanna just talk like Jesus, but I wanna do things and make decisions in my everyday that represent him yeah. and represent him well, because we have the ability to do that because he lives in us and he's with us all the time. What we do flows from who we are, and who we are is, um, is sons and daughters of the king. All right, watch this. I can't do kingdom work without his spirit with me, but I've had to learn the hard way, you guys, that, and I'm actually still learning it, that I have the free will to not do kingdom work even though he is with me. I'm gonna say it again. I can't do kingdom work without his spirit with me, but I have the free will to not do kingdom work even though he is with me. He doesn't push himself on us. I've heard a lot of people say the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And so he doesn't make you a robot to have a relationship with him. He gives us free will to choose. That's relationship, that's love, it's a choice. And so with that said, he gives us choices every day to choose him. 
So let's look at our everyday work, our vocations, our trade, the things we do. And mama's in the room if you're taking care of little ones at home and taking care of the household and literally doing that right now during family service. You're working harder than any of us, so I expect you to listen harder. Okay? Got him. <laughs> the words of Tim Christopher, got him. <laughs> so my parents raised me and my siblings to be really diligent, honest workers. They're, my parents are two of the hardest workers I know. They're entrepreneurs running their own businesses my whole life. And um, they taught us well and they taught us how to work hard. But if that was my only motivator to be a great employee, then I believe I would fail miserably. What they did was they pointed us to a bigger picture. And that's the concept that Paul is pointing us to. And that's this, that work is not earthly. Work is heavenly. Work is not earthly. Work is heavenly. It's more working for the unseen kingdom than it is the seen kingdom. I believe that our jobs actually put us in a position and it gives us more opportunity to evangelize than any other thing in our lives. Um, so many eyes are on what you do every day through your work. Um, so many conversations happen through your work. You're, if you're in customer service, you're encountering people day in and day out, all day long. So many opportunities for evangelizing and representing the kingdom through our work. And that's why I believe what I've heard Gunnar say so many times is that the kingdom of God will come to Savannah. A movement will come through the business world. When we make kingdom decisions throughout our day, it actually may seem ordinary to you because that's who you are, right? It's who you were created to be when we have Christ in us. But I promise you to your employees, fellow employees, to your employer, it's very unordinary most of the time. It's very other kingdom-like, otherworldly, and that is attractive to people, if that's a good way to put that. It draws attention, right? And it's good attention because you're representing the kingdom. And taking advantage of this opportunity every day is really a spiritual discipline. Like how do we actually be spiritually disciplined in taking advantage of the opportunity God has placed us in to represent him and represent the kingdom in our everyday work life? And what I've learned over the years on how to make this a spiritual discipline is to make a decision to be aware Aware's the word, that's the discipline. Be aware of God in my work life. And we have to actually decide today, I'm gonna be aware of you. And he does it and he partners with you in that. But that's our side is to say, I grab your hand and I'll partner with you today, God. And then he does crazy stuff, y'all. And here's what I love about God and what I've learned in walking with him, especially in my work life, is that he, what I may consider the mundane or the everyday routine, that's where God wants to show up and show out and surprise me. I'm thinking my human nature is when I get off, I'm gonna have all this freedom and at five o'clock, I'm gonna go do this and this and this and this. And I miss God in the, what I may think the mundane and the ordinary and I just wanna get through it. And that's where actually I believe God's more focused than he is on our free time. 
Are you tracking with me? He loves the mundane. He loves to show up when we least expect it. Currently, Andrea and I run a small video production business. That's our nine to nine job. And then I work. <laughs> Entrepreneurs call it that one, business owners. That's our nine to nine job. And uh, we're working that out though. It's gonna get to five o'clock eventually. And then I work part-time here for the church uh, as worship director. And if you're in ministry at any capacity, you know that that's a full-time thing. Um, but I, I don't want to talk about this current job situation. I want to talk briefly about a job that I had prior to moving to Savannah. And this is where I really learned this spiritual discipline of being aware of God in the mundane work life the most. I was a technician installing satellite systems in residential homes most of the time. And I was by myself. So really, we had a regional office. You just met up, got equipment you needed, and you saw technicians briefly. And then you went out in the field and you were by yourself making decisions every day. And you were seeing customers and being in their homes. And so you had to decide, do you want to do it by the code that your employer says do it by? Or do you want to install this quick and get some fast money and leave and not honor uh, and, and, and not honor the customer and all of those things? Like you could literally just make that decision. Did it catch up to you eventually? Yes. But I saw where it lasted a long time for people. And I'm like, man, they're making quick money. And so for me, what it did, though, is it revealed everyone that I worked with's character and integrity really quickly. Because what you do when no one's looking or you think no one's looking is really who you are. It really is. That's intimidating. But by the power of the spirit who raised Christ from the dead living in us, we have the ability to be the same when no one's looking as we do when they're looking. And so God gave me this opportunity and he let me realize really quickly, I want to, he's put me here on purpose and I want to make the decision because y'all, I thought about quick money. I thought about this is just way faster if I don't have to do every little thing by this code that they want us to do. But I'm a rule follower, number one. So that's hard for me to do that anyways. But I just decided, well, because Holy Spirit says, nah, you're made for more. You know how he does that? You're like, ugh, this would be a lot easier if I could just ignore your voice right now. And so, but I realized that this is on purpose and this is kingdom work. And anyone who saw my work was gonna see Jesus. I wasn't perfect, but I knew that this was, I made a, a decision to be aware of God every day and to represent him with my actions. God quickly started giving me opportunities in every day because he could trust me. He gave me opportunities to evangelize and just represent him and speak. So my actions started lining up with what he wants to say, and then he trusted me. And that's a, sometimes a, a hard concept maybe for me is like, do, do I have to build trust with you, God? And like I said, 25 years of really being consciously aware of walking with the Lord and being as close to him as I can, I can tell you, yes, he does build trust with us. I've seen opportunities be taken away from me and given to someone else by God. And I knew I missed that opportunity to speak life or to do what the other person did for, a, for someone else. God's after people. He's after his kids, and he wants to be after them through you. 
He doesn't control everything I do. Like I said earlier, he gives us this free will to choose him daily, even though he lives in us. We're not robots. We still choose him every day. He started to give me opportunities because I built this trust with him. Um, and it was beyond like my wildest dreams. I have so many stories during that eight, seven or eight years of working that job that God gave me and it blew my mind. And sometimes I long to be in that position again, to be honest, because I, but I know he's put me in where I'm at now for an even greater purpose. But the story I want to share really quickly is this whole, what we do in our actions, our walk matching our talk. This is an exact representation of that. Submitting to an employer or a, yeah, or a boss or an employer of what, how I'm supposed to do something and represent and honor them, which in turn represents the kingdom. I had worked in the same area as this particular technician for probably a couple of years. I actually had trained him how to do the job for nearly a month. And so he knew my integrity level really out the gate because when you're teaching someone, you know, they, they just learn your character really quickly, um, how you speak about your boss and your employer and all of those things to down to how you teach them to do the job. So he already knew that I was a man of God and we had talked about the Lord a good bit. Um, and I thought, you know, I think that he knows the Lord, um, the way he speaks, he at least grew up going to church a good bit. Um, but there was this one particular day where I needed to go to the regional office and grab something. And he happened to be in the office just talking with some of our managers. And I, as I'm walking to the door, I hear this like, excited conversation or kind of loud, like they're kind of back and forth about something, but not arguing. And he, and he turns to me and says, oh, Adam, good. He's a man of God. He'll know. Adam, does God, and I cannot remember the question to save my life, but it was something around, would God do this? And I don't even remember my answer because what followed this was overshadows it all. But I remember, um, must have gave some super spiritual answer. I really don't know. But I remember just leaning in the doorway of the hall, to the hallway. And a few minutes later, after that conversation was done, he, start, he comes and I thought he was just going to walk past me. And he said, hey, can I talk to you outside? And this is a big dude. So I'm like, oh, did I offend him with what I said? Because it did get real quiet. So he, we go outside and he's like, hey, man, I just really need to know what you have. I, I, um... I like think I know the Lord, but when I see what you do and say, like, I just don't think I do. And, and he's like, what do I need to do? Go to church? And I was like, I think you probably should just give your heart to Christ right now. And he was like, okay, let's do it. And we walked to the side of this warehouse building and I'm leading this man to Christ. And as I'm praying, I'm like, see, God's revealing all the integrity level that he saw in my work and all the actions that led to God trusting me to, to lead this man to Christ. I firmly believe God would not have given me that opportunity if my actions did not match what I was about to say to this man about Jesus. He had seen everything leading up to then, and which even led him to ask me, what do you have that I don't have? And then when I said Jesus, he believed it. Yeah. 
And that's not me, that's God. Because we can't do enough good without God for someone to believe, uh, believe the gospel of Jesus. And listen, this may sound harsh, but I really believe it's the truth just from experiencing it. If I'm lazy with my responsibilities, God has given me each day, people will not see Christ in me. Nor will anyone come to me for guidance or spiritual guidance like that man did that day. Neglect of what my duties and neglect of what I'm supposed to do for an employer and at my job and laziness to that will ruin my witness. I really believe that our actions have to line up with what we are here on this earth to say, which is the gospel. And it's heartbreaking to me because I I know that I am put here to be a spirit. All of us are put here to be a spiritual GPS system for lost kids to get back to their heavenly father. And when we neglect our mundane work day and our duties that we're expected to do and we're lazy in that, it is a giant detour sign for God's kids that he wants back. We have to get this right. Like I'm really, really passionate about this. We have to get this right. People won't trust us and they won't trust our faith if what we're doing doesn't line up with what we're saying. If we don't run our businesses like Jesus would and treat our bosses and employees like Jesus would, then people will not believe us when we talk about Jesus. It's eternity at stake. It really is. And I believe there's a move of God coming, already coming through the business world and through what we do. Customer service is at its worst right now. At least in the almost 40 years that I've been living or let's say like 25 years of like actually being aware of customer service, it's at its worst in my opinion right now. But I believe that the church of the living God is gonna turn it around. And that God is gonna get so much glory from something that we may think is just whatever. Like customer service is just bad and that's just how the world is. No, God can take something and be glorified from it. And what if it is just being the best at customer service every day and giving it everything I have for a client or a customer And that's how God's gonna use me today to bring kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I believe it's a picture of revival too when that starts happening. All right, a couple of questions to end it. Employers, bosses in the room, raise your hand. If you are are you're over someone managing or you're a boss over anybody, raise your hand. If someone asks an employee, of yours, how you treat them, would the answer sound like Jesus? I wanna ask myself, I wanna ask some hard questions, is that okay? I wanna ask myself these. If someone asked an employee how you treat them, would, it, would the answer sound like Jesus? Business owners, if you own a business, if someone analyzed your tax returns, would they see Jesus? That's hard, <laughs> that is really hard, Jesus. Why are you asking this? Employees, 
you're working for someone, if someone could evaluate your day-to-day activity, would they see diligence and honor or would they, of the opportunity that you've been given? Would they see diligence? Would they see honor? And if they asked you about your boss, would they hear gossip or would they hear honor? God's given us opportunity to represent him in our everyday work life. And I believe it is the biggest platform for all of us to really evangelize and speak the gospel through our actions and through our words, right? I'm gonna ask Tim to come up here and just play a little bit. All right, this is for the dreamers. If you're a dreamer in the room, we're all dreamers, really, we are. That's how God created us. And I love, I love dreaming with God. He created dreaming. He created big visions and he's the chief at it, right? It's who he is. So it's a good thing. But for the dreamers who have idea after idea after idea, I'm gonna do this and we're gonna do this and I'm gonna do this. Here's what I see. And I'm, I say this out of fear and trembling with the Lord because I don't want to sound negative, but I see so many people with big hopes and big dreams to do extraordinary things, but I don't always see the practical mundane steps to get to the goals and the dreams. Gunner, Pastor Gunner is one of the biggest dreamers I know, and he's one of the biggest visionaries I know, just has such huge dreams and visions. And I take his dreams and his visions serious because he has shown me that he puts feet and practical steps to the dreams. I need, to, I need to hear that this morning, putting practical steps to the dream. I saw him and Bethany leave a good, comfortable ministry position and Gunner start working at a local bank while interning at another church plant just to learn how to properly do this crazy church planning madness. They put feet to it. And now, watch this, God has entrusted them with all of us. They built trust with the Lord and now we're all here together as this family, right? That's great news. Like that's really good design that God has designed it that way. He's so good. He honors faithfulness and he honors this daily partnering with him and in the routine of life. What if God is just waiting for you to choose to do the ordinary in a way that no one else is doing it before he moves you to your next promotion? What if God is just waiting for you to choose to do the ordinary in a way that no one else is doing it before he moves you to your next promotion? What if I don't move until I choose to do what he's given me in an extraordinary way, which is the kingdom way by the way? That's a lot of ways. I'm not trying to put fear in us at all. I'm not trying to put striving. His yoke is easy, his burden's light. I'm not trying to say, you gotta be afraid of missing God every day. No, God's given us the power to do this. He's, he's given Jesus, he's given us the Holy Spirit in us to be able to be aware of these things. So if you wanna do extraordinary, then simply do the ordinary partnered with the King. And what does the evidence of that look like in my work life, in my everyday life? So here's what it looks like for us, okay? I think it's the fruits of the Spirit being evident in our daily choices and our social interactions. And in Galatians 5, 22 through 26, I'll leave you with this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. That's good. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying of each other. Work is not earthly, work is heavenly. That's good news. It's way bigger than us. Work is not earthly, work is heavenly. I just wanna pray a blessing over you guys and we'll be dismissed, okay? Jesus, thank you for this house. Thank you for all of us being able to be together this morning. And I just wanna pray Colossians over you guys. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you have been called to peace and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish each one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, giving thanks to God the Father through Christ. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. You guys have a great week. God bless you. Thank you for being here on a holiday weekend. And thank you for taking care of the little ones in this family style service. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about The Dwelling, visit thedwellingchurch.org.